Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do, and you can listen to me, Scott C. Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes, and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice, or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. back in the kitchen (laughs) welcome back to the semi-luxurious uh kitchen studio yeah and i'm over my cold yay which came on after we recorded our last episode so i should sound good normal yeah kind of just the way it goes sometimes you, you get sick you can't plan for it we have small children and spring is upon us and so are all of the allergens yeah and it was just a, a bad soup for scott and his sinuses indeed but uh a week of i'm not going to call it relaxation in any meaningful way <laughs> but a week has allowed the worst of it to pass and i'm feeling much better so Yes, he's also yeah. sounding much better. Indeed. Uh, if we had recorded this two days ago, I would have sounded like a frog. <laughs> uh, actually, the most recent episode of my other podcast, I have some notes. I was still in the throes of the sickness, and I'm pretty sure my voice is much gravelier in it than you normal. do. You get a little bit Barry White. A little bit. You get you get yeah. a little deep and a little um, gravelly. My co-host Liam and I were actually joking about it because he's also dealing with his like seasonal allergies right now, and of he course. was like, "It's weird because there's two extremes, and he and I apparently are on both of those extremes. Because the one extreme is me, where your voice gets low and gravelly <laughs> and sounds much sexier and huskier, and for him, his his voice gets more nasal and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he goes up. <laughs> uh, poor Liam. <laughs> poor Liam." And uh, yeah, he was the one who pointed it out. <laughs> but, Delightful. Yeah. So that's where we're at. We're also at the second chapter of our, our new book. Yeah. And we're getting I, into mystery here. Yeah. We're starting to get some of the details. But before we do that, brief recap of our first chapter, which we are introduced first to our protagonist, Her Majesty the Queen of England. <laughs> you may have heard of her. As she's out for a morning ride and thinking about something mysterious which happened the night before, uh, which was the discovery of a body in Windsor Castle. And then we meet a couple suspicious characters at a very suspicious breakfast. Well, the breakfast itself isn't suspicious. No, it's very suspicious. (laughs) No, it's breakfast. People have it every day. But we we get a bit of a picture of a few of our possible suspects in that breakfast. And that leads us into chapter two of The Windsor Knot by S.J. Bennett. So the queen wants deets. She huh? wants she wants to spill the royal tea. She wants all of the all of the juicy tidbits about what's been going on in her castle. So she goes and hits up her personal secretary. That is an exaggeration. Like you don't even know. It's great. I love it. <laughs> but she she does want more details about what's going on, and she visits her private secretary, Sir Simon Holcroft, 
It's a very British name. Uh, and is like, so uh, the, the dead body that was found last night, what more can you tell me about it? And he's like, I don't, I don't want to tell the 90-year-old queen <laughs> the scandalous details. But, but she is the boss. She is the boss. And we kind of assumed this might be the case last chapter, that she knew about the death, but she wasn't being given the details because... People were like, well, we're not going to tell the queen. We must protect the queen's delicate disposition. Yeah, and the queen's like, no. No. I was in World War II. (laughs) You could tell me whatever. It's fine. And he's like, all right. So basically, it looks like this was a case of autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, accidental suicide. Yeah, because he was, you know... There was a charged evening. He was at a fancy castle. Maybe he got a little excited, decided to blow off some steam as it were got a little too into it accidents happen when you're when you're playing dangerously right there wouldn't be the first celebrity to have gone out this way yeah and and i mean prince philip will discuss this later on in the chapter getting a little ahead of this fictional version of prince philip is a delight we're we're getting ahead of i know i know we'll get there so yeah the gentle version is that our pianist was found in a somewhat undignified position yeah very compromising and the queen is like, hmm, okay. You can tell that something's not sitting right with Yeah, her. something's not sitting quite right. Yeah, like it's, on the surface, this seems like something that could have happened. But for her, it's already like there's little suspicious bells going off in her head. Yeah, I liked how uh, Sir Simon <laughs> expected it to be like scandalous. Like she was going to be like rocked by this information. Like someone was going to need to get the smelling salts and right? the fainting And, and the she fainting takes Devon. it on like, uh-huh, yeah. and... <laughs> Go on, more. (laughs) So he was found in the nude. Not everyone sleeps, you know, clothed. What's the big deal, right? Yeah. I like that. Sir Simon then veers the conversation towards the Obamas coming to visit, probably for the Queen's 90th birthday, which is in apparently just two weeks. Yes, very soon. Uh, That is the, the time frame we're in. And then we kind of segue out of this, because the Queen begins to reminisce over the party from the night before and this is good we wanted to know more about what was going on from the party yeah i really like this this is it's an interesting new take on an old mystery trope i think right where we recount what happened right we work work through the cast of characters even though our mystery hasn't officially started quite yet yeah and it's also interesting because it's completely from the queen's point of view and she was the hostess at the party but she's also like, well, she's not exactly the party planner, is the she? The party planner, exactly. So she's remembering a lot of these people who are at the party, but not necessarily by name. Like, yeah. She can't remember everyone's name, but she remembers who they were, more or less. Yeah, more or less. So the first thing we know is that this was meant to be kind of like a little Easter get-together, her Easter court, as it were. Mm-hmm. And she likes to do it away from Buckingham Palace, because that's the palace, that's where all of the huge events happen. She wanted a little soiree with, like... 20, 30 friends at Windsor Castle. Yeah. But then Charles got involved. Because <laughs> Charles is on this pet project right now and wants some Russian oligarch money to come in for it. And so the queen relented and allowed... Fine, a, you can make it a Russian party. And made it a <laughs> Russian party, yes. Basically, so that he could wine and dine some of these Russian mucky mucks that he wants to rub shoulders with and get money from. Of course. So... We get kind of a guest list at this point, and I just want to kind of run through it because obviously the guest list is important. It's Our suspects are going to be from the guest list. Yes, absolutely. So in addition to Her Majesty, probably Prince Philip, we can assume, was there as well. Yeah. And Charles and Camilla yeah. would also have been present, but they left early. 
And it's highly unlikely that Charles is the murderer. <laughs> I, yes, I would argue it's highly unlikely. Um, we already met Masha and Yuri. They were in At attendance. Breakfast. And yep. they were apparently the two primary people that Charles wanted to have there. Right. I get the impression Yuri is perhaps the Russian money man who Charles wanted to get money from. Ah. There's also a hedge fund guy there by the name of Jay Hacks. The queen also then invited some people that she wanted there. There's a mix of people who would mix well with Charles's guests and, and people who are there for party flavor. Yeah, and who the queen wanted there so that it wouldn't be a total downer. Yeah, she exactly. expected a, a big dour Russian party. So in addition to Masha, Yuri, and Jay Hacks, we have Meredith Gostelaw there. She's not mentioned by name by the queen. We know her from the first chapter. She was the person who came fashionably late. I'm assuming she's the Oscar-winning actress of Russian descent. I assume mentioned. that as well. Uh, we have Sir David Attenborough in attendance. He's there to bring the party up, but apparently he was a big downer talking about climate change. <laughs> yeah, but only when he was talking about climate change. Yeah. Other than that, I'm sure he was very pleasant. Uh, Her Majesty's racing manager, because he's always apparently good for bringing up yeah, a party. Yeah, we knew he was there. Uh, the former Russian ambassador. Right. To mix with the Russians. The Archbishop of Canterbury, who's apparently a great conversationalist. <laughs> Fantastic at parties. Uh, the Provost of Eton and Mrs. Provost were in attendance. Uh, a <laughs> British, Provost. A British architect, uh, a lady architect of some repute who is apparently building an annex to a museum in Russia right now. Yeah. So she's got the ties to the to the Russians. Uh, the professor of Russian literature and her husband from question mark, possibly Eaton, would make sense yeah, if the possibly. provost was there. Brodsky, the victim. Right. We he know his name pianist. is Mr. Brodsky. He was the pianist. Two ballet dancers, also Russian ballet dancers. Uh, unnamed as of yet. Who were there as well. And a novelist and her husband who is a screenwriter. They're good for conversation. For the queen wanted them there yeah. for fun. Again, uh, guests added for party flavor. Yeah. Right? That is the full guest list at this party, which the queen even thinks to herself, turned out to be a pretty good party. Yeah, it really was. Like she was, again, expecting it to be a bit of a downer. Turns out the Russians were wonderful. <laughs> Everyone was having a great time. Our victim, Mr. Brodsky, apparently was an amazing pianist and really lit up the party after dinner. And then everybody started dancing. More piano was being played. The queen herself bowed out around 10 because she's an old lady. <laughs> yeah. And as much as she was having a good time and even apparently got on the dancing floor, she's tired. With, with the pianist. With the Someone pianist, else was no playing less, yeah. the piano and she got to dance She with didn't them. even remember who. Like three or four different people ended up on the piano. Yeah, it sounds like a wonderful party. But she bowed out about 10. She heard later from a footman that the party went till well after midnight. Which is cool. Yeah. And I mean, she was like, no, you guys party as long as you want. The house is yours. I'm going to bed. Yeah. I'm retiring for the night because... I'm almost 90 years old. Yeah. I'm middle-aged and I retire early some nights. Like, oh, I, I can't. And I'm not even having a party. But there's the flavor on the party. That's what went on the night before. And that was basically the last time the queen saw Mr. Brodsky alive was he was lighting up the dance floor. Yeah, exactly. He was dancing with one of the ballerinas, I believe, uh, when yeah. she left. So. And, uh, and th there you go. So that is, I'm going to say, probably our pool of suspects. It is unlikely yeah. that someone else did a crime. We can assume that it would probably have been someone, maybe even from the Russian delegation. I mean, it's possible. Who had motive to kill him. Well, we have no idea what the motive would be. So well, it could be anybody at this point. Hard to say. Right? The obvious prime suspect would be Yuri, right off the top. Because he was the guy who, I mean, he was, we already know that it's possible that he and Mash's relationship is on the rocks. Right. He... Got the news at breakfast. He well, was the we first person. We assume that's the news that he got at well, breakfast. Well, and the queen is told that he was informed at breakfast. Okay. She is outright told that in this chapter. So probably that was him being informed. 
So he would seem to be the likely suspect, but the guy was his protege or some protege of his. Like he he apparently recommended that Brodsky yeah, exactly. be brought. But maybe that's also a means towards creating an opportunity, right? Maybe. Get him out of the country, get him in a foreign place, bump him off. Hard Again, to say. We don't have a lot of info about why things happened. So this is uh, us doing a classic wild and irresponsible speculation. Yeah, I mean, we're not, <laughs> we're, we're still not opening the accusing parlor. No, yet. too soon. This is not me accusing him. Too soon. I'm just saying on the surface, that would be maybe one of the more obvious people who had done it, right? Yeah, maybe. I, I can only agree with you, maybe. Because again, we're missing big chunks of info at this point. Yeah, we, we don't know too much. But that is the info we get basically yeah. from the queen. I, I like this as... Uh, an information delivery system because we now have a list of, of people who were there. And kind of a timeline of and, events. And yeah, a somewhat timeline of events, which for, is great. For the party itself, or at least the dance. Yeah. And I'm sure more things will get filled in later on as the queen does her sleuthing. Indeed. Indeed. Quite. No, I think we're off to a really good start so far. So after meeting with Holcroft, Her Majesty goes and uh, has a little get together with Prince Philip. Uh, Prince Philip is about to head out on a bit of a holiday. He's going fishing up in the highlands with Dickie, apparently. I love that. I he, don't know who Dickie is, but I love I don't him. either. I love that he has nicknames for absolutely everybody. And the best part Ugh. is the queen knows who he's talking about. Of course she does. It's the best. <laughs> but he's like, he's happy to talk about the scandal privately with her that's going on in the house. And he's just immediately like, hey, did you hear about that guy? was found hanging in the closet. And the queen's like, yes, I, I got the details. And he's like, yeah, it's like Buffy. Remember Buffy? He was into that kind of stuff. Apparently one of the one of the peerage. Sure. And he calls him Buffy. He has nicknames for everybody. I know. We've got a Buffy. We've got a Dickie. He calls her Cabbage. Yeah, he calls, he calls her Lilibet. He, like, Prince Philip, this version of him is a, a delightful. It might be close to the real version of him. I've never seen him in private, so. <laughs> it's true. I've, and never, I've had, and never, never will. will. I so. know. Apparently, he was very much like this, a really down-to-earth, like, friendly kind of guy. He seems Just that like way. a no-nonsense, like, don't-bother-me-with-trifles kind of person. Yeah, just cut. He, he's not even being, like, delicate here. He's just nope. like, hey. Why would he be? Yeah. But they have, uh, they have a little conversation. And again, it, the queen comes across as someone who's not quite buying what she's been told. Yeah, she she suspects there's more to it because this just doesn't seem right. Yeah. And this horrible thing has happened in her favorite place. Yeah, painted the castle more than it actually happened to the dude. Yeah, which I think is what makes it upsetting, which makes her think that there's something wrong. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's that weird, that weird like, listen to your gut feeling. Yeah. I think that's what the queen is having here. Yeah, the, the queen's gut. Yes, her majesty's gut. Indeed. She calls, <laughs> she, I like that she keeps referring to herself as one. Yes. In the one, one wonders in the text as well. That's oh. that's very fun. This is my spot on Elizabeth impression. Yeah, abs no notes, one hundred percent. Oh, this this whole book is going to be full of bad accents and horrible impressions, isn't it? It's going to be great. Uh, and then Philip basically wishes her adieu. Yeah, um, and because he's he he's off off to his trip. He promises to bring her back some fudge. As per her request. and she's so sweet. It's and such that a normal be, person thing to do. Yeah, and that he'll be back in time for her birthday. And she's kind of sad to see him go and, and admits a little bit to herself that she's a little jealous that he has the freedom to do that. She's the titular she's, head of state. She has stuff to do. She's the queen. And he kind of has the freedom to go. And apparently this is something that's been happening more and more over more recent years where he's just like, 
yeah, I'm off on a thing. I'll see you in a week or two. Yeah. But to it's be also- fair, if I was Prince Philip, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm old. I'm going to enjoy these retirement years that aren't actually retirement years. I'm going fishing with Dickie. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kisses. Bye. So when I was reading through this chapter, two things occurred to me. Mm-hmm. One, there's probably a really important detail that the queen has just given us in her recounting of the evening that we don't know is important yet. Almost certain. Right? And second, that Ryan Johnson has ruined me for mysteries because now I'm trying to like look through it and figure <laughs> it out. And I'm like, no, sit back and enjoy the mystery. Let it unfold, Nita. I can't help it. <laughs> it's it's fun to catch stuff, though. It is fun to catch stuff. And be stuff. like, oh, a jinkies, a clue. <laughs> jinkies. Yeah, but I mean, we don't, we barely have any puzzle pieces at the moment. No, so, we don't even know what the puzzle box looks like yet. Yeah, it would be bad of us to try to solve the mystery in the second chapter. Agreed. So I'm not gonna. Let's be honest, I'm I'm honestly not going to try to solve the mystery the whole time, because I don't usually do that. <laughs> I like letting it unfold in front of me. I like just going with the flow and seeing what happens. You're the one who likes to solve things. Yeah. I don't have any working theories at the moment, though, other than the fact that I was like, Yuri on the surface would probably be the obvious person to yeah. suspect. And therefore, he will not be the murderer, because it's eh, too obvious. You never know. Sometimes the obvious person is the person. <sighs> See? Ryan Johnson ruining it for you again. <laughs> so, I love his mystery movies. It's ruined mysteries for me. They're very good. They and very very good. And very Agatha Christie-esque. Yeah. So. She was master of mystery. Anyway, the queen. Yeah, I think we'll we'll just have to maybe leave things there for this week. Yeah, well, the book did, so. Yeah. Not much more to, to discuss. Hopefully we'll get to uh, know her assistant private secretary soon. I hope so. It was mentioned in the, in the blurb, <laughs> so. I, I really appreciate this slow unfold of the setting mm-hmm. for us. It, it's given me, especially because we read our book so slowly yeah. by comparison to a casual reader, right? It's given me time to really process the scenario before Mm. we get into like ooh the clues and the mysteries and the suspiciousness well uh, we'll probably learn more as we move into chapter 3 which you'll want to read up on in time for next week Uh, until then you can of course uh, find us on your podcatcher of choice and therein give us a rating or review it would be one one would appreciate it (laughs) you can also reach out to us via social media yes we are on twitter instagram facebook and goodreads we are at the read along for most of them yeah you can also send us an email yes we are the read along at gmail.com and with that said as always love you very much see you next time one is amused Thank you for joining us on The Read-Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All read-along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read-Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Goodreads.com